I don't have any other announcements that I want to make, so we're going to move directly into the time of our message and a little short scripture and message for you all this morning. Here, watch this video. After Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus did not eat for 40 days and 40 nights. He prayed and thought about God's plan for his life. When those days were over, Jesus was hungry. Then the devil, who tempts people to sin, came up to Jesus and he said, if you are really God's son, prove it. Tell these stones to become bread. If Jesus used his power to turn the stones into bread, he could eat them so he wouldn't be hungry anymore. But Jesus refused. Instead of listening to the devil, Jesus chose to trust God to meet his needs. Jesus said, God's word says that man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil tempted Jesus again. He took Jesus to the top of the temple in Jerusalem and he said, if you are really God's son, prove it. Jump off this temple and, and trust God to protect you. The devil even said, God's word says that God will order his angels to keep you safe and they will protect you so that you will not even strike your foot against a stone. The devil had used words from scripture, but Jesus knew the devil's command was foolish. Jesus reminded him, God's word also says, do not test the Lord your God. Finally, the devil took Jesus to a high mountain. He showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and how great they were. The devil said to Jesus, I will give you all the riches and power of these kingdoms. They have been given to me, and I can give them to anyone I want. If you want them, all you have to do is fall down and worship me. Jesus resisted temptation again. He replied, go away, Satan. God's word says worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left Jesus and angels came right away to serve Jesus. Throughout all these temptations, Jesus never sinned. Jesus was tempted, but he trusted God and he never sinned. Jesus is perfect and righteous. A perfect sacrifice was required to take away sin. Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross to free us from sin and to give us the power to say no to temptation. So you've been looking at the story of God over this past year, going all the way back to the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. And to really appreciate this story for you to be able to take it home with you today and use it in your everyday life, we need to just for a minute go all the way back to the beginning and remember when God created the heavens and the earth and Adam and Eve and everything that exists in the creation, he looked at all that he had made and he said it was very good. Another part of the creation that we don't see right away is the invisible part of creation because God also created angels who were special creatures, special beings that were designed to serve God and to serve God's human creation of humanity. And yet, both Adam and Eve and the, the angels were given this one unique ability to, to set them apart from all of the rest of the creation that God had made. They were given the ability 
to be able to experience and then to turn around and express love, to experience and to express love. And the way that you express love when you've received something from someone, when you've received love from God, is to do that which pleases God. Only this one angel who earns the name Satan, which means deceiver and liar, decided that he didn't want to express his love to God by doing what pleases God. No, he wanted to be God himself. And so he rebelled. And when that happened, he was cast out of God's presence. And the very first thing that he did was to come down and to whisper in Adam and Eve's ear these deadly words. Did God really say that you couldn't eat from any tree in the, the garden. And he lures Adam and Eve into a conversation where he then holds out this promise. If you disobey God, if you do what I'm encouraging you to do, you will become like God. You will be so much better off and so much more happy and feel so much safer if you just do what I'm encouraging you to do to take matters into your own hand. Well, I don't need to tell you how that story goes because you're living it. If you look around, the world is falling apart. Our planet is being broken down in so many ways. There's so much anger and so much hatred and so much war and natural disasters. All of that as the result of listening to this lie from this fallen angel named Satan. But today in the story, and this is the big powerful part of it, is we have a champion, one who represents the entire human race, who is going to step back into a direct face-to-face -face confrontation with Satan, with the devil, and this time things are going to go much differently. So let's think about these three temptations. Somebody put it in this way that helped me be able to remember them, that if you look at these three temptations, you might summarize them like this, appetite, ambition, and approval. And they all start with the same letter, which helps us remember them, appetite, ambition, and approval. So in that very first temptation, turn these stones into bread, feed yourself, you're hungry. Jesus is being tempted to use his power to satisfy the craving, the hunger that he naturally has after having fasted for 40 days. Now, people, I did check this out, and it turns out that it is entirely possible for a human being to go 40 days without any food as long as they have water. You can survive 40 days without food. I think the longest on record is actually 65 or 70 days that have gone without food. But it does take a toll on you. It does make you very weak. And a lesson we learn here is that Satan often comes wheedling into our lives, lurking about at that moment when we feel the weakest, right? So the temptation here is people, you all have appetites. You've got all kinds of appetites, and you need to satisfy them however you think might be best to do so. 
That first appetite of that first temptation of appetite is this insatiable need that human beings seem to have to always want a little bit more. So there's this famous quote that's out there, John D. Rockefeller back in the last century, who was reportedly the most wealthy man in the world at the time, was once asked by a reporter, Mr. Rockefeller, how much money is enough? And his response was, a little more. And that's this temptation of appetite that we always think we need to have a little more. So I want you to think about this, maybe talk about it today. What is it that you think you have to have a little bit more of right now at this moment in time in order for you to finally feel happy, to finally feel secure, to finally feel content because it's in those places that Satan likes to wheedle his way in and try and get you to satisfy your own appetite by consuming more and more in this world. But here's the truth, people, and this is what Jesus said to the devil. You will never, ever, ever, ever be satisfied with your life until you hear and you receive the good news of God's love for you in Jesus. So quick, away from the temptation of appetite onto the second temptation of ambition. The, state, the devil takes Jesus to the top of the temple and he plays off of Jesus' use of the scripture by quoting the Bible as a way of defeating Satan. And, and it's as if, as if the devil goes like this. Oh, oh, I get it, Jesus. I get it. You're one of those people. You believe in God. You think God really cares about you. Well, I have an idea here. I've got a verse in the Bible which if I pull it out of context and twist it around would suggest that you should make God prove that he can be trusted. Make God prove that he is someone who's going to take care of you. Right now, this temptation, remember, appetite first, next is ambition, is the idea that I'm afraid that I will never be somebody, that I need to make a name for myself. Even if that means, people, that on the way up, I have to knock a few people off of the ladder as I climb up. And this may be one of the scariest Bible verses in the entire Bible. Because what it shows you is that not everyone who is quoting Bible verses to you is telling you the truth. That's why it's so important for you to be here learning the story of God, talking to one another about how this story of God works itself out in our life so you can recognize those twisted and lied uses of God's word that threaten oftentimes to destroy our faith. So ask yourself again this question. What is it that I think I need to attain in order to find happiness or to find security? You see, I say, I trust, I believe in God above all, above all things, but then you know what happens? Something goes wrong in my life. I find it perhaps the most difficult to trust and to believe in God when I experience some suffering in my life. 
Now, I know because I've been teaching it for over 35 years that when suffering comes into my life, what I'm supposed to do is look at Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, and I'm supposed to say to myself, God, I don't like this, and I want you to take it away from me. But I know that you love me because you died for me to spend eternity with you. And so even though I don't understand it, somehow, in some way, in the midst of what's happening in my life, you are trying to work something in my life, something that you see that is necessary that I may never understand. Temptation number two that's our ambition to try and get ahead, try and make a name for ourselves. And Jesus drives the devil out of those fallen ambitions and that struggle that we seem to have to try and get ahead at regardless of the cost. Well, here's the third one. Let's wrap this up. If we had appetite and ambition, this third one is the need for approval, this need for other people to see us and to think, wow, now there's a, a person who is really special. And so Jesus is taken to the top of a mountain. He says, look, I will give you all of this if you will just bow down and worship me. Now, in essence, what the devil is saying to Jesus is this, look, Let's make this simple and easy, Jesus. You want the whole world to worship you. You want the whole world to believe in you. But you don't have to go to the cross in order for that to happen. I can make that happen for you. There is a shortcut around the cross. So I want to think about that again in these three temptations. What is it that you're willing to do in order to avoid suffering in your life? Like the pain of rejection. You know, what corner are you willing to cut? What shortcut will you take in order to gain acceptance and approval? Now here's the way all these temptations work. On the way in, this liar, this deceiver, the one named Satan says, now come on, it's not that bad. After all, God wants you to be happy. Just once isn't going to hurt anything. And besides that, nobody will ever find out about it. And then you step over the line and you actually do the thing that you knew you shouldn't have done in the first place. And as soon as you do, Satan gasps in shock and horror and he'll start whispering shame in your ear. I can't believe you did that. What will people say when they find out about it? Not even God can forgive you. But here's the truth I want you to walk away with from today. Jesus faced and defeated Satan, and he drives Satan out of our fallen appetites, our fallen ambitions, and our fallen need for approval. And he uses these words at the end, Satan, be gone. At the cross, Jesus pays the price to redeem, like we sang in that first song, to redeem even the worst of our appetites and our ambitions and our need for approval. He forgives us, and He forgives us, and He forgives us in the midst of our failures. But now here's the important takeaway. 
He also, as he gives you forgiveness, grants you the strength, the courage, the power, and the ability to get better at recognizing Satan's lies and to drive him out of your day-to-day experience. People, you don't have to keep doing the same things over and over, expecting to get different results. You can grow. You can learn, I don't know, how to interact with your spouse and with your children in healthier ways. You, you, can, you can learn how to be content regardless of your circumstances. You can actually grow in your patience. I know parents of small children, that's a hard one to believe. But to grow in your patience and your endurance. And how does that happen? The Holy Spirit comes to you people every single time you remember your baptism, every single time you receive the body and blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper, every time you come here and hear the word and interact with each other in every relationship, in every conversation that you have about your faith with fellow believers, Jesus is there driving out the devil in order to give you the ability to overcome I don't, your anger and to, and to silence your insecurities. So look, it's a new week. I want you to pick one thing that you would like to work on doing differently this week. I want you to talk to a, a friend or perhaps your spouse about it and then go and be bold and be brave because Jesus has cleared the way by delivering us from evil And he washes it away and gives us over and over the forgiveness, even when we've tried and failed to stand up to temptation. Jesus has driven out the devil to deliver us from evil. Amen.